0: Thank you for joining me for worship today. Today is the first Sunday in the Advent season of the church year, the first Sunday in a new church year. Our order of service today is in the bulletin. We're going to begin right now with an Advent hymn, hymn number 23, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. grant us forgiveness. Almighty God, merciful Father, I confess that I am by nature sinful. I have disobeyed you and justly deserve your punishment both now and in eternity. But I am truly sorry for the evil I have thought, spoken, and done. And for the sake of my Savior, Jesus Christ, I pray. Lord, have mercy on me, A sinner.
1: Lord, have mercy on us. Christ, have mercy on us. Lord, have mercy on us.
0: I now ask you before God who searches the heart do you confess your sins of thought, word, and deed? Are you sorry for your sins? Do you look to our Savior Jesus Christ for forgiveness? And with the Holy Spirit's help, do you want to correct your sinful life? Then declare so by saying, yes. Yes. Upon this confession, I as a called servant of the word announce to you God's grace and the forgiveness of sins. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. for this first sunday in advent is from 1 corinthians chapter 1 verses 3 to 9 where the apostle paul gives us that wonderful encouragement that god will keep us his believing children he will keep us as we wait for the day of the lord's return for jesus to be revealed in all of his glory to us paul wrote Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I always thank God for you because of his grace given you in Christ Jesus. For in him you have have been enriched in every way, in all your speaking and in all your knowledge, because our testimony about Christ was confirmed in you. Therefore, you do not lack any spiritual gift. As you eagerly wait for our Lord Jesus Christ, to be revealed. He will keep you strong to the end so that you will be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God, who has called you into fellowship with his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, is faithful. Alleluia! Our Lord, through his word, assures us, yes, I am coming soon. And we in faith reply, Amen. Amen. Lord Jesus. Alleluia.
1: Alleluia. Alleluia. Alleluia.
0: Our Gospel reading is from Mark Chapter thirteen, verses thirty two to thirty seven, reading in which Jesus is encouraging us to be prepared, thinking about the return of our Lord on the last day. Jesus said, "'No one knows about that day or hour, "'not even the angels in heaven, not, "'nor the Son, but only the Father. "'Be on guard, be alert. "'You do not know when that time will come. "'It's like a man going away. "'He leaves his house and puts his servants in charge.' each with his assigned task, and tells the one at the door to keep watch. Therefore, keep watch because you do not know when the owner of the house will come back, whether in the evening or at midnight or when the rooster crows or at dawn. If he comes suddenly, do not let him find you sleeping. What I say to you, I say to everyone, Let's sing our next hymn, hymn number 423, Not in Anger, Mighty Lord.
1: These two sort temptation.
0: Good will toward men. Amen. The word of God we want to consider this first Sunday in Advent is our Old Testament reading from Isaiah 63, verses 16 and 17, and then six, chapter 64, verses 1 to 8. You, O Lord, are our Father, our Redeemer from of old, is your name. Why, O oh Lord, do you make us wander from your ways and harden our hearts so that we do not revere you? Return for the sake of your servants, the tribes that are your inheritance. O oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down, that the mountains would tremble before you. As when fire sets twigs ablaze and causes water to boil. come down to make your name known to your enemies and caused the nations to quake before you. For when you did awesome things that we did not expect, you came down, and the mountains trembled before you. Since ancient times, no one has heard, no eye ear has perceived, no eye has seen any God besides you who acts on behalf of those who wait for him." You come to the help of those who gladly do right, who remember your ways. But when we continued to sin against them, you were angry. How then can we be saved? All of us have become like one who is unclean, and all our righteous acts are like filthy rags. We all shrivel up like a leaf, and like the wind our sins sweep us away. No one calls on your name or strives to lay hold of you, for you have hidden your face from us and made us waste away because of our sins. Yet, O Lord, you are our Father. We are the clay, you are the potter, we are the work of your hands. Let's bow our heads for prayer. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, who art our strength and our salvation. Amen. My dear fellow Christians who are totally dependent on the grace of our God, on one occasion when Jesus was feeling a bit threatened by his enemies by the Jewish religious leaders, what Jesus decided to do is he traveled north to the region of Tyre and Sidon, north of Palestine. And although the majority of Jesus' ministry was spent serving the Jewish nation, serving those people, here was an opportunity for Jesus to serve some of the Gentile people who surrounded the land of Palestine. Some of the Gentile, well, there were also some Gentiles in Palestine as well. But here was a specific time for him to be able to serve those people. And one of the people that he was able to serve was this Canaanite woman who had a daughter who was demon-possessed. When she found out that Jesus was there, she went to Jesus and she begged him for help. She begged him for help. And at first, Jesus didn't even acknowledge her existence, but but she kept on begging. And when the disciples saw this, they thought that she was becoming a nuisance to Jesus. And so they asked Jesus if He was going to send her away, and, well, when they asked that, then Jesus said, I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. Well, the woman kept on pleading. She kept on begging. So Jesus said to her, it is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to their dog." I'm sure we could have understood it if under those circumstances that woman would have just simply left Jesus in a huff, upset, never wanting to see or hear from him ever again. However, the woman replied to Jesus, yes Lord, but even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. By the grace of God that woman had the kind of attitude we'll all actually want to have that we need to have. She she knew that she didn't deserve anything from Jesus, but she went to him and asked for his help, for his mercy. She asked for his help on the basis of his mercy, and, and Jesus did end up granting her request. You know, we're reading for today. The prophet Isaiah, like that Canaanite woman, the prophet Isaiah, like her, he asked God to deal with the nation of Israel in his mercy and his grace and mercy because he knew that the Israelites had sinned. He knew that they had rebelled against God. And see, now that's how we also need to go to God to ask God to deal with us in his mercy. So we say, deal with us in your mercy, O Lord. Deal with us in your mercy, O Lord. We need him to do that because his power is awesome. His justice is perfect. His holiness, it condemns us all. And so his gracious love, that's our only hope in the preceding chapters in his book what Isaiah did is he talked about the New Testament church which would what it would be like and as he talks about the New Testament church he says it would be glorious it would be composed of people from many nations the church would proclaim freedom to those who had been enslaved by sin. But that was not really the case, the glory and the pomp of the church. That wasn't really the case in in Isaiah's day. Israel had rebelled against God by worshiping idols and the people, they had hardened their hearts against God. They didn't care what God said. They were going to do whatever it was that they wanted to do. and actually if you think about it that makes Israel a whole lot like us today in our nation in our world today well as a consequence of their rebellious spirit what the Lord did is he permitted Israel's enemies to triumph over them with the eye of a prophet then what Isaiah was able to do is he would be able to look ahead and see it wouldn't be long before Jerusalem would be destroyed and the people of Judah would be carried off into that seventy-year Babylonian captivity so Isaiah said you O Lord are our Father, our Redeemer from of old is your name why O Lord do you make us wander from your ways and harden our hearts so we do not revere you Return for the sake of your servants, the tribes that are your inheritance. Now the way Isaiah puts it here, he makes it sound as if God made the Israelites wander away from God. And and the fact of the matter is, is that God didn't make them wander away. Actually, what Isaiah was doing here is he was asking God why he seemed to be allowing the people to wander away from God, and why he didn't do something to make them return to God. It almost seemed to Isaiah as if God had turned his back on the Jews, on Israel, that he had forgotten them. And so he said, Oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down, that the mountains would tremble before you. As when fire sets twigs ablaze and causes water to boil, come down to make your name known to your enemies and cause the nations to quake before you. For when you did awesome things that we did not expect, you came down and the mountains trembled before you. Isaiah wanted the Lord to show his display his strength over Israel's enemies as he had done in the past. Perhaps Isaiah was thinking about what God, had, what God had done to deliver the Israelites from slavery in Egypt, how he had sent those ten devastating plagues on the land of Egypt, how he divided the Red Sea so that the entire Egyptian army was, ended up being being destroyed. And there were so many other ways that Isaiah could think of God's great power being exhibited. He perhaps was thinking about that and he was saying, God, it really would be great if you'd intervene with your awesome power again to save Israel from the enemies like Babylon, Assyria, all of those enemies that caused them so much grief. Well, how... Can God use his great power today to graciously deal with the people in our world? You know, if it served the spread of the gospel, if it was according to God's will, he could, for example, intervene in in Ukraine or, or in Israel today, or with his mighty power, he could get rid of all of the violence that's in our world. He could zap all of that stuff in our world today but perhaps God uses his awesome power today in how he allows tragedies like earthquakes, tornadoes well, I hate to talk about severe snowstorms but they could be coming I guess. How he even allows even wars to strike and now what When such tragedies hit, then what God is always doing is he's always working to show us what is really important in this life. Isaiah said, Since ancient times no one has heard, no ear has perceived, no eye has seen any God besides you who acts on behalf of those who wait for him. God surely had done some great things for the Israelite people. He did those things. He took care of his people because he is a gracious and merciful God, because of his mercy. And that means ultimately that there is no God like our God, like the Lord. Our world operates on the basis of reward but God deals with us and his people on the basis of his grace and mercy. Isaiah said, you come to the help of those who gladly do right, who remember your ways, but but when we continued to sin against them, against God's ways, you were angry. How then can we be saved? When he looked at the Israelites and how they rebelled against God. Isaiah had to wonder really if there was any hope for them at all. All Isaiah could do is not say, God, these people deserve your help. All he could do is say, Lord, be merciful to these people. Deal with them in your grace and love. That's the only thing that Isaiah could say and well, like. The Israelites, we're people who have a sinful nature that wants us to rebel against God. Our sinful nature doesn't want to serve God. That's why we who have been called to faith need to keep on praying to our God, to our Heavenly Father for his help so that we can fight against our sinful nature so that we'll want to work at gladly following God's will. Let's remember that God's justice is perfect. He does demand that our sins, that all sins would be paid for. But because he knows that that we can't, that no one can pay for his own sins, that's why he sent his son into this world. That's why he sent his son to pay the wages of sin, which is death, eternal death and hell for us. God's justice system, like I said, it's the perfect system. It's the only system that will work for us. If God treated us according to our deeds, according to what we have done, if God rewarded us for the things that we do, well, then we'd be in hell forever. But instead he deals with us in his grace and mercy when he looks at us who believe in his son he doesn't see us and our sinfulness instead he sees his son and his sinless life his innocent suffering and death and his resurrection and because That's what he sees when he looks at us believers. That's why he helps us. All because of our God-given, God-worked faith in Jesus. Isaiah said, All of us have become like one who is unclean, and all our righteous acts are like filthy rags. We all shrivel up like a leaf, and like the wind our sins sweep us away. Here Isaiah, of course, is talking about our natural sinful condition. Apart from God, we're lost. There's nothing we can do about it. That's why we need God's mercy. That's why we need him to be gracious and merciful to us. Isaiah said, No one calls on your name or strives to lay hold of you, for you have hidden your face from us and made us waste away because of our sins. What he's saying, of course, is that before we're called to faith, we can't even seek God. We can't even look in the right direction. God has to work on our hearts first. He has to work on the individual first. The Apostle Paul said, no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. See now, God's holiness, it condemns us all. God's holiness it just makes us afraid of God and of eternity. Makes us afraid like it made Martin Luther, absolutely afraid of God. And think of the Israelites when they were at the, the foot of Mount Sinai, when God was about to give them the Ten Commandments, when they were waiting for the law to be given to them, they were absolutely scared to death when the mountain shook and there was thunder and lightning. And when God spoke to them, they were filled with fear. And now imagine how you would have felt had you been there at Mount Sinai when, if you had been there with them, when the Israelites were able to feel the actual presence of our holy and righteous God. Isaiah said, Yet, O Lord, you are our Father. We are the clay. You are the potter. We are all the work of your hand. Here what Isaiah is doing is he's reminding us of God's wonderful covenant of grace that he had made with the Israelites that he makes with us. He was the potter, they the clay. He was working with them. He made them part of his believing family. That's what God's desire was. And so all that Isaiah could say to the Lord then was, deal with us in your mercy, O Lord. Deal with us in your mercy and work in us so that we all can be growing in our faith so that we want more to be able to serve you and live for you. And like Isaiah, let's remember who our Lord is. He is our Heavenly Father. He is our Heavenly Father because He sent the Holy Spirit to us working through the Word to call us to faith to make us His believing children. He's the potter. We're the clay. We're His creation. And He's our Father through faith in Jesus. And that means that Even though all our righteous acts are like filthy rags, yet we can know that our Heavenly Father, because he's made us his children, he wants to work with us so that we grow in our faith, so that we continue to be his children, so that we want to serve him willingly now and live with him forever in heaven. There was a small boy from a very, very poor home. He was shabbily dressed. His clothes were all patched together. And although this young boy, he, he liked all of his teachers in school, but there was one teacher in particular that he really liked. And when he was asked why he really liked that one teacher, he said, She's so interested in me. She doesn't seem to see my patches. And now see, that's true also for us with our Heavenly Father. When he looks at us, well, remember, we know all our righteous acts are like filthy rags, but when he looks at us because of his gracious love, He doesn't see the filthy rags. He doesn't see the patches. He doesn't see the sins. He sees instead his son, Jesus, and his blood and righteousness. He sees people who are ready for eternal life, all because of our God-given, God-word faith in Jesus. The Canaanite woman who came to Jesus because her daughter was demon-possessed. She shows, shows us the kind of attitude we Christians all will want to have. She knew that all her righteous acts were like filthy rags. She knew that she was a sinner who deserved nothing from Jesus. But she also knew that God had graciously called her to faith and made her a believing child of God, she knew, therefore, that she also, because God had called her to faith, that she had the right to go to Jesus and ask for and even expect his mercy because God had adopted her into his believing family. And like that woman, All our righteous acts are like filthy rags. But we too have been called to faith in Jesus, our Savior. And that means that, like that woman, like Isaiah, on behalf of the Israelite people, we can go to our God and we can say, Deal with us in your mercy, O Lord. We can make that request. And we can know, like Isaiah know, like Isaiah knew, like that Canaanite woman knew, that that's just exactly what our Lord wants to do and is doing for us, dealing with us in his grace and mercy and love. Amen. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, shall keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Let's confess our faith with the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, We believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let's pray. Stir up your power, O Lord, and come. Protect us by your strength and save us from the threatening dangers of our sins as We're entering into the Advent season of the church here. Oh, we look so forward to celebrating Christmas. Please help us to be ready to celebrate and especially help us to be ready by being close to you, by giving your Holy Spirit the opportunities to work on our hearts, to build up and strengthen our faith, to equip us to live in this sinful world and to be ready for your return. We pray to you, O Christ, for you live and reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Lord God, we keep on praying for all of those people in our our church family dealing with different aches and pains, trials and troubles. And we ask you, Lord God, to please be with them, give them, well, if it's according to your will, grant healing, deliverance from their problems and troubles, but especially keep on giving to all of us your grace and your mercy and your love. Keep on building us up, strengthening us in our faith in our Savior, Jesus, and and in his name we gather up all of the prayers we have as we join in praying. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And give you his peace. Amen. Let's join in singing our prayer for
1: our country. God bless America, land that I love. Stand beside her and guide her through the night with a light from above, from the mountains to the prairies, to the oceans white with foam. God bless America, my home sweet home. God bless America, my home sweet home.
0: Again, I'd say thank you for joining me for worship today. Just a couple of quick announcements to share with you. The the plan right now, Wednesday is the first Wednesday in Advent. We'll have a soup supper like we usually have, 5.30 before the service, and the service at 6.30. We're going to be looking at a series this year, Questions of Advent. And this Wednesday, How Can This Be? The question asked by... By Mary regarding the promise of the virgin birth. The second service that we'll have, we're going to do an exchange. I'll go to Grass Lake. Pastor Kurt Uhlenbrauch will be here, and uh, I'll be back for the third service. I do believe that Saturday there will be a Christmas Eve service practice don't know the details exactly of that but if please please keep that in mind told you to please remember the people on our prayer list if you need a copy of the bulletin for that please let me know remember also we are still collecting items for the CCAG for the needy in Eaton Rapids. We're also collecting and there's a list on the red basket in the back of the church. We're also collecting contributions to go toward the Wisconsin Lutheran Seminary Food Bank. plan to have envelopes available for people to put contributions to that in for our Sunday service. That's what I have for announcements right now. Again, thank you for joining me today. The Lord bless and keep you always.